Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey, podcast listeners. Today I wanted to talk about a old story I have um, that I think you might laugh at. I told it to a client the other day and she laughed and it was helpful, but I want to talk about frantic overstimulation. So if you've ever been in an experience where you were just like a client was describing this to me yesterday and I know exactly what she's talking about. And if you, I know, and she knows, then you likely know, but have you ever been in a situation where you've been constantly trying to distract yourself every day and or all day, and you were just flipping through radio station after radio station, song after song, podcast after podcast, just keep trying to search for something to listen to, keep trying to do something, you keep chewing gum, you keep doing something, you keep fidgeting with your fingers, you keep trying to do something to stimulate yourself in some sort of way, to distract yourself in some sort of way. However, nothing seems to be working. And it's almost like everything sounds terrible, but you keep doing it anyway. You just like keep repeating it like a hamster on a wheel. If you're in that situation, you may just need to take a moment to kind of destimulate, take that saturation out. It's kind of like you're oversaturated and it's just you're you're almost like trying to put water into something that's already full of water. It's like you're trying to get a soaked sponge full of more water. It's not going to work. It's already soaked. That's your brain, right? You need to just chill out for a second. I was talking to a client who um, she binged and purged for the first time since like months and months. I don't know how long it's been for her, but it's been a long time for her since she binged and purged. And she had an episode last week and we were talking about why it happened. She did really good after it happened, but we discovered she was just having a really bad day. And it was like bad event after bad event. Everything that could have gone wrong in that day went wrong. And she, something she was doing is she kept trying to just keep doing things, right? She kept trying to be like, just fix it, just keep on going. And then because she kept on going, it was not working and she kept making more mistakes. And then ultimately when she kept making mistake after mistake, she felt like I can't do anything. And then she made that flip decision to binge and purge. It didn't even feel like a decision because she felt like that's all she could do in that moment to decompress and get relief. It made me think of this example, which I shared with her of my first job. <laughs> Actually, I worked at my dad's um, office for the first like summer jobs when I was in high school. My first job directly out of high school at a place that wasn't related to my parents in any way was at a bakery near my house. And I loved this bakery's like jams and stuff items. I was so excited to work there, but I quickly realized I was a terrible employee. I think I lived, worked there for two months, not even three months. They were terrible in all our ways too. Um, management wasn't very good, but something I kept doing <laughs> is I kept breaking jam jars. And this bakery, they were famous for their homemade jams and um, relishes and peanut butters and stuff like that. So they had a million different glass jars that they would sell on shelves of different things. And for someone like me, I was clumsy, I was nervous. And I think what kept happening is I wasn't taking time to properly put the jars on the shelves. 
So it got to the point where I broke so many jam jars and I kept having to take it out of my paycheck, the minimum wage I was making. I was making under minimum wage actually at the time. I don't know how they legally got away with that, but they did. <laughs> I was making under minimum wage and I wasn't even allowed to make tips. You couldn't make tips until you were working there for three months. It was BS. Uh, totally illegal, I feel like. Anyway, I was working there and I had to take <laughs> every jam jar that I broke. I'd have to take that out of my paycheck. And it got to the point where I was breaking jam jars every single day. And my manager, one time, it was like the last few days that I was working there, she goes, oh, Jacqueline. When I broke one, I like dropped it off of the ladder. <laughs> and she was like, oh, Jacqueline. I thought you might make it through today. It was at the end of the day. She's like, I thought you would have made it today. I'm sorry. I'll write, I'll write it down. And she was just like, that's how bad it was. But you know what? Now that I think back, the reason why I think I kept breaking jam jars is because I was so nervous. I hated that job. I was very, like, I didn't like the management. The customers, if you ever work on a customer service thing, the customers were really mean. If you're ever in a restaurant and you're your uh, waiter or something is having a hard day, please be nice to them. Please be nice to them regardless because like people treat customer service people horribly. And I got treated horribly at that job by people. So um, I was very nervous about the customers. I didn't like how I was being treated. And I was also frantic. I had a lot of things to do. The manager that we had, not the manager there, but like the, oh, the boss of the place was just super intense and very, very um, OCD. So she would, like, if you left a speck of dust on somewhere, she would find it and reprimand you. So I was like highly nervous while I was at that job, you know? And I also was just trying to get so much done that I wasn't present. And so I was constantly frantically trying to do things. And which led to me breaking a bunch of glass jars. <laughs> what do you know? What would have been helpful for me and what would have been helpful for my client is if I had recognized you need to calm down. You need to stop doing and doing, doing, or you're going to keep on making more mistakes. It's not because you suck. It's not because you don't know how to properly set down a jam jar. It's because you're so frantic, you're nervous, you're literally shaking. You need to take a moment to settle yourself before continuing. And something I would tell myself at that job and something this client told herself on that day was that there's no time for that. And I'll never forget what my coach Megan Tong told me. I remember showing up to a coaching call with her. And she, I was just completely overwhelmed. It's like a year or so ago. And I was like, I don't have time to do any of these things. I don't know what I'm doing. There's no time for me. I don't have time for coaching. I don't have time for scheduling. I can't do any of this stuff. I was just so overwhelmed. And she was like, Jacqueline, if you, the times where you don't have time to get to schedule, to take time to, to work on your mind, to take a moment to settle yourself, that is when you need to do it the most. That is when you actually need to make the time. And I'll never forget her saying that because I'm like that. You're right. The reason I don't have time, the reason I'm so frantic, the reason my client was so frantic was partly out of her control, partly out of my control. However, what is within your control is actually what you want to do and how you settle yourself and how you take care of your mind. During that day, she kept telling herself, we don't have time for us. We need to just keep doing, doing, doing. We keep needed putting out fires, which led to the binge and purge. Me, the jam jar situation, <laughs> I kept breaking jam jars because I kept trying to just do it. I was like, oh my God, I broke another jar. Okay, just just keep on trying to do this. Let's just try to get, let's make the sandwich for the customer. I should have just taken a moment to breathe. My manager was going to yell at me anyway, so I should have just calmed down. That's the thing, right? We think we, we just need to keep on going. Bad stuff is going to happen around us regardless. No matter how hard you try, something wrong will go on that is out of your control. 
So what can you do? What you need to do is take a moment to settle yourself. And something that can be helpful, especially if you find yourself, you just constantly trying to do, 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 can't constantly trying to take action to avoid something. If you're constantly flipping the radio, I was talking to another client about this, constantly flipping the radio, that sort of stuff. What I told her she should do is take a moment of silence and really try breathing and calming yourself. And there's many different ways to calm yourself down, but I find breathing techniques to be one of the most useful and also taking a moment of silence, at least five minutes. Sometimes you need longer than that though. Some people are like, I I breathed um, in a controlled way and meditated for five minutes in silence. Why don't I feel better? It's like, well, maybe you need longer. Maybe you need 20 minutes. Maybe you need 30 minutes. I remember one time in Miami, I was freaking out. I was overstimulated and I was doing so much and I felt like I was really, really busy. And I remember having that situation where I was in the car flipping through music. I'm like, nothing's working. I need something. I need my weird fix. And then I just turned off the music and I put on brown noise and I just rode to my gym in silence and just focused on breathing while driving. And the driving was enough of a distraction. The driving and brown noise was enough enough of a monotonous distraction that I didn't feel completely overwhelmed. But at the drive, it took me about 30 minutes because of all the traffic. It took me about within that drive, 25 minutes for for me to finally calm down and start to feel relaxed again. So sometimes we're not giving ourselves enough time. I know that if all you have time for is five minutes, take the five minutes. But sometimes we expect these mechanisms of like breathing exercises to happen in an instant. It doesn't work that way. You didn't just get worked up like that in two seconds. It's going to take longer than two seconds for you to actually calm yourself down, especially if you're really, really high energy and really anxious and overstimulated. So what I'd recommend for you, if you are having a really bad day and you're having a day where you're like, I just need more, 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 that's a sign you don't actually need more because nothing's going to be enough. You need to take a moment to destimulate, to wring out the water, right? To kind of fast your brain from all the dopamine. And a good way to do that is to go in silence or turn on something like white noise or brown noise. I like that because it gives me enough of a distraction, but nothing that's super stimulating that I can then focus on breathing. And a good way people just are like, what does that even mean to breathe? A good method is to breathe in for four seconds, pause, like hold the breath for two seconds or four, and then do a really slow exhale, at least six seconds, maybe even more, and then pause for two seconds again, and then breathe in again and keep counting, pause, breathe, pause, breathe, right? And that will control your heart rate and your breath and start to bring your um, nervous system back down to where you're feeling less stressed and do that as long as you need to, to where you start feeling calm again. What was so magical about that car ride is because I was stuck in traffic. There was nothing else I had to do. So I was forcibly put into this situation where I had to calm myself down. And over time it actually worked and it can work for you too. So if you're constantly trying to look for distractions in your ex-dopamine fix, maybe you don't need more dopamine. Maybe you just need silence. Maybe you need a little bit of a fast. Maybe you need to desensitize yourself. And also, if you find yourself saying, I don't have time to take care of myself. I don't have time to take a moment to schedule things out. I don't have time to calm myself down. That's when you need it the most. And that's when that's your body screaming to you. If you're like, I don't have time, but I need to. That's your body screaming to you to rest. Um, I had a client yesterday and she said a brilliant quote, which was, when I am trying to just do one more thing, 
that's when I need to rest. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. Let's just get them one another thing. We just need to get that thing done and then we'll rest. No, that's when you need to rest. You don't need to do one more thing. Nothing horrible is going to happen unless your baby's about to die or something like that. Or like you're about to die. Then you don't need to do one more thing. It can wait a second. You can be late to the business meeting. You can let your child scream for another second longer while you try to decompress and regain your sanity. You can do those things. It's okay. She also said that guess what? Resting and doing work at the same time is not resting. And she was thinking about all the times where she's supposedly resting, but she's trying to do something at the same time. She's trying to multitask. Actually take a moment of silence. Take five minutes to yourself to breathe and decompress until you move on to the next action. And I bet you will feel better afterwards. If you're not used to being in silence with yourself, I get it. Keep trying when you're having a thought, keep acknowledging it and then letting it go. Acknowledge it, let it go. It takes effort. It's a practice. It does not just happen naturally. I'm still horrible at it, but it works for me. If I can do it, I was on meditation with a friend one day and I was like, that was the most worst experience of my life <laughs> because my brain was just on like a hundred miles per hour, but I was able to do it, right? The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And it's really good for you. If you need help and you like this podcast, check out my group coaching program and my website. I have a free course on there you can check out too. And I have private coaching availability right now. If you would like to work with me, all you need to do is go to my my website and schedule a consult. Um, there are a lot of questions in the consult that is purposeful. All those questions I picked meticulously so that when you answer them, I know exactly, I know, I know what the problem is and I can better serve you and ask clarifying questions on the consult call so I can serve you best. So I know when people see that, they get a little overwhelmed, but those questions are really meant so for so I can serve you better on the call. So please answer them and pick a date that works for you. And then we'll get on a consult call and we'll talk about what's going on with you. What are the problems right now? What are solutions, whether you work with me or not? And then talk about coaching and whether it's the right fit or you fit for you or not. And then we'll send you on your merry way. A lot of people think that the coaching, the console calls, even if they don't decide to work with me, are a great experience because they gain clarity on what's wrong and they understand. Because when you go on a coaching call, you get on a console call, you are there to make a decision, right? Of whether or not you, you what you want to do in your recovery, whether or not you want to work with me. And making that decision, whether you work with me or not, helps you clarify what you want to do in your recovery journey. So it's a highly valuable free consultation I can offer you. And it's awesome. So that's all I have to say about that. If you want to work with me, I have availability now. Please book the consults right away because spaces get taken up fast. Um, and otherwise, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Never give up on yourself, my friend. Hey, if you found this episode helpful, check out my website at bingebreakers.com. It has free courses, awesome group coaching, and private coaching available to you right now.